Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Diana. And you're listening to Fiction Kitchen, where we're cooking with inspiration from our favorite books, movies, and TV. Today we're going to talk about Weetzy Bat by Francesca Leah Block. It's immersive. Um, yeah, it's a really cool little read. And um, I read it back in high school, um, but you just read it recently, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I had heard the title before, but yeah, I had never read it, uh, you know, until you suggested it um, because there's a lot of food in there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So of course, you know, I'm like, and not yes, only, I, need I mean, to read yeah, this. not only there, there's a lot of food, but it's also like, you know, a a big like YA book, and I know you're really into YA, so I was yeah. wondering if yeah, if you had. Read so it I yet. hadn't read it um, previously. Uh, so I yeah, the first time I read it was what a couple months ago or a month ago or so for the first time. Yeah, for this podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, um, I I read it back in in high school, and the way I got introduced to it was. Um, my my mom was a librarian, or she still is a librarian, and and nice. one of her um, coworkers introduced me to it. Like you know, she's like, oh, you have you know, a, a kids in high school. Um, these are some really cool books, and she brought them over one night, and it was um, Wheatsy Bat and another um, Francesca Lea Block book, um, a nonfiction book about zines, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I just fell in love. I thought they were such like cool books and just had, I don't know, had such a neat feel to them and I loved, I loved, you know, the main character and just her approach to the world, you know, and so it kind of carried with me into college, um, because in college I started an online zine, because, <laughs> you know, I got my first computer and I started, like, you know, building websites and stuff and, um, so I kind of took some inspiration from that, and now I'm a web designer, so thank you, Francesca awesome. Leo Block, yeah, because, yeah, she kind of helped me a little bit, like, starting down my career, and also, um, I read a bunch, uh, a few more of her books in, in college, like, I read every book they had in the Charleston Public Library, uh, so <laughs> I read, like, three or four more, um, yeah, and, I, yeah, I loved them, but then I didn't really read any after that, and I kind of forgot about it until... Um, what reminded me of it recently is, I think it got mentioned on Girls, um, you know, the TV show, which I'm several seasons behind, so I didn't actually see it, but I think I saw a tweet about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm like, we see that, oh my gosh, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I just remembered it and thought that might be, um, yeah, something fun for us to do, and I went back and reread it and loved it just as much this time, although it was, like, a totally different experience. Mm-hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, how about you? What do you think about it? Yeah, I so I I got it in the mail, and then I, like immediately I just sat down and read the whole book because it's so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a quick a, read. It's yeah, yeah, it, it, and because it's lyrical prose, it just flows. Yeah, like, it's it's the perfect writing style for this for the con like the content of it like it just matches the the atmosphere of the book mm-hmm. the just the yeah the way it flows and <laughs> yeah it is like you you gave a couple of adjectives in the in the beginning of the podcast when you introduced it but what do you say like sp- <laughs> 
sparkly or something like yeah. <laughs> there's oh, so no, many i read yeah. a great um you know we read a bunch of articles uh, there was one quote i wrote down from um an article in rookie mag um, mm-hmm. that her stories and poetry look like magic smoke bombs and smell like sweat- <laughs> sweaty perfume hugs. <laughs> and nice. I love that so much because that's a perfect description. Like, you don't even know what yeah. you're reading. It's just so immersive and atmospheric and, um, yeah. Yeah. Really, so that, really that was totally my feeling. So, so I read it through in one sitting and then I was, yeah, I was just thinking pinks and glitter yeah. and cre- creaminess and just, like, rose-colored glasses, yeah. Or my takeaway was, it was about, like, who, who is Weetzy Bat? Like, what what is her, they were kind of talking about what is her time period, like, what is her real self? And because um, Block has written her in different time periods, like the 70s, the 80s, early 90s, and then 2000s, um, but it, the center of Weetzy Bat is always the 80s the girl, 80s. like yeah. the late 80s, early 90s, So that w- which is her in the original Weetzy Bat book. So I thought that was kind of neat. It's like, you know, it's like introspection, but it's a fictional character, but very much can mirror, you know, the reader as well it's like who you know who are you yeah well, <laughs> like no, what, what is your real self like, exactly because she was saying like your life we've seen it's her alter ego you. yeah so yeah who is yourself if you were just like able to be completely free-spirited and you know kind of the person yeah. you want to be yeah and like what has what stayed with you at the heart of you yeah <laughs> So, yeah, and so one thing was, uh, speaking about, like, Weetzie's timeline, I guess, like, I, so it says that they, she starts out in high school, but then it all kind of, yeah, becomes like a smoke bomb. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, she never like graduates blur... high school, like, all of a sudden she's, you know, not in school anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. and then <laughs> has has a baby, yeah, so it's like, how how old, so I wasn't sure, like, how old she was, I thought maybe she was maybe 18 at the beginning of the book like maybe it was the tail end of yeah it must have high been school. like at the end of high school but in these articles uh, she's 16 so we're first introduced to her at 16 so yeah those <laughs> couple years of high school just whizzed on by <laughs> <laughs> but I think like that's part of just p- a part of the the character of the story is yeah that it is kind of a a blur and you, you like it it's all kind of it just flows like and ripples and I, I don't know I don't even know <laughs> it's like too many adjectives are clamoring in my brain right now like <laughs> for this for this book it's more like imagery and then yeah I'll like translating I mean there's into words, definitely but... <laughs> like a manic quality to to the writing you know like sometimes yeah. I felt like yeah stuff was happening too fast and I felt like I was like missing stuff um yeah, things just kind of warp and like, <laughs> like they just yeah, it's it's weird and interesting. I think that totally adds to the you know it's it's been called like magical realism or that well, but there really is some magic in the book. Yeah, <laughs> like fantasy magic, but like, but yeah, it's like so the writing style and the fact that there isn't really a definitive timeline and like. Yeah, that all adds to just the 
Yeah, this atmosphere. Yeah, it's like reality, but it's kind of like a dream world at the same time. You know, it's like it's like almost reality, but kind of. It's like music playing underwater, (laughs) or like if music's playing and your head is underwater, and it's like, like I don't know. (laughs) It's kind of like that at some points. (laughs) Well, it's it's packed full of interesting characters. Um, Do you have any like that that stood out to you, or do you have a favorite character? So I, ha- I hadn't thought of that previously. So so now, um, uh, I think Dirk. Dirk. Yeah. Okay. So he's yeah he's Weechi's best friend. They meet in high yeah. school. Yeah, he's like the hot tamale. Yeah. And yeah, and he what is it he. Um, approaches Weetzie just because he likes her clothes, like because she wears really <laughs> eccentric. What is it? What was it like? She makes some of her own clothes, and oh yeah, she's got just the, kind of she's got the best and outfits. And, yeah, and so he's yeah. kind of like a punk rock dude, and she's got like you know cool short pixie haircut and awesome clothes, and so yeah, I think they immediately With bonded because especially yeah. I think in a high school atmosphere. Um, you know, most people the are people on the outs, trying their best kind of to conform, outside, yeah. yeah, so I think that um, the people Gravitate that together. stand yeah. out are able to bond together. Yeah, I like, he seems, he just seems really straightforward, I mean, and then, and then towards the end, um, yeah, you know, he the has situation a very, that has... Yeah, he has a very interesting and kind like, of sad journey. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, because... Um, he's an orphan, the, so we're introduced... Yeah, or he lives with his grandma, Fifi. Yeah, so his... We don't really know, how, you know, what happened to his parents, just that they passed away. Yeah, so he only has one family member who who dies early in the book, so yeah, he's um, kind of alone. That's, that's something I really loved about this book, is that a lot of the characters don't really have, like, a stable home life, or one that's even mentioned. You know, like, Dirk has that, um, you know, he has his grandmother, but she passes away, and then Weetzie has her parents, but they are very unstable, broken people. You know, yeah. her her dad's very distant, and a drug... Well, and a, physically distant. And yeah, he's yeah, in he's, in, yeah. he's on the other side of the country, but, you know, it seems like he kind of abandon them, you know, and then, um, yeah. he, he has a drug problem, and then her, her mother is, like, an aging Hollywood starlet, and so she's always, you know, um, living yeah. in the past, and yeah, she's an alcoholic, and so she, I mean, she is in contact with her parents, but, um, you know, doesn't have, like, a family stability, so I feel like so much of this book is just, like, kind of picking up these people that don't really have other ties and creating a strong, you know, family within themselves. Yeah, and she also, she calls her parents by their, by their real names instead of mom and dad, and yeah, and when uh, Francesca was being interviewed, uh, speaking about the movie that is in production for Weetzie Bat, um, she mentions that that's, that's one of the the big things in the book is that because Weetzie didn't have uh, such a great family life, that's why she wants to make her own family. Like, she wants to... She and the other characters, they kind of want to create 
the best family they can because they all didn't really have that growing up as kids. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big part of the story. And I think that's that's also, like, a part of a, a lot of people's lives, especially, like, LGBT people, you know, if maybe they aren't accepted by their families, they end up, um, yeah, creating <laughs> these, these families around them. Um, so yeah, you have, like, a kind of a, a family of your own choosing, your chosen family. And, yeah, like, the, the yeah. characters definitely, definitely form that. Yeah, and that was actually one of the struggles in the book. Um, well, so we've kind of talked, so the book is very, yeah, like, I don't know, I just keep thinking, like, sparkly, <laughs> so, like, it's very gilded, I guess, uh, and, and rosy. Uh, but then there are some really big issues discussed in it. Uh, well, not really discussed, but presented, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so speaking about family, uh, several of the characters, yeah, they, they want to, to start a family, which means, you know, like have kids uh, or, you know, bring children into this um, this unit that they've created. Um, but then there's there's one character who, who I guess, isn't doesn't have that the rosy glasses on yeah and he that's my secret agent lover man and he's he's like oh the world is a horrible place and i actually remember when like when i was little well maybe not little i guess i was a pessimist i don't know when i was younger like i kind of remember that like thinking about someday having kids you know but but yeah but it's i think it's very telling about weetzie and then the other characters dirk and duck that they have this hopeful outlook, yeah. But but then, but then the, you know the the rest of us <laughs> <laughs> are you know represented as well in my secret agent lover man. You know his because that's you know it's very true. It's just you know it's about how you see the world and and also you know I, and I don't see the world that way anymore. But it's like. I don't know, I think I was a preteen or a teenager or whatever, and it's like, ugh, <laughs> everything, uh, you know? And so, so yeah, so it's like things change as, you know, as life changes and your, your lot in life changes, you know? And then, and in the book, you know, his, he changes his mind as well, and so, yeah. But anyway, so yeah, it's a very, it's such an interesting book in that way that, yeah, these themes are, are in there. But, uh, you know, and, and there are all these different interesting characters. So, is it, yeah, it, I don't know. It's So I've read it twice now, and it's like, I kind of want to read it again just to, like, get more out of it. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think it's definitely rereadable. And, and like, like I was saying earlier, you know, I read it once in high school and once now, like, in my, you know... Um, early to mid thirties, <laughs> so yeah, and it, it, like yeah, I mean, it it was very different to me now because like I have had so many more experiences um, since then, and my outlook on the world has definitely changed. Like I don't I don't feel like I was ever like a true pessimist or an optimist. Like I almost feel like I'm happier now than I've ever been, but I'm also, like, more aware now than I've ever been, so I'm very much, mm -hmm. like, a realist, because you kind of have to be, like, you know, there are people yeah. that depend on me now, so I can't just be, like, this, like, free-floating person that I used to be, um, but at the same time, like, I am very optimistic, um, mm -hmm. so, 
yeah, I think there's a, a little of, of each of them in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think the characters are good representations for parts of the read, whoever might be reading. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mentioned a, a film, so after, what, 26 years or so, there, there will finally... Well, it's in the works. <laughs> yeah, is it? Because yeah. I think, yeah, like, I know she's talking to a filmmaker, but I don't feel like it's gotten very far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, um... I mean, the script's written. Um, yeah. I don't think they've, like, cast anybody. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so who knows? But, um, yeah, she she's picked a filmmaker who has a movie which, um... It's, it's Elgin James that has a movie called Little Birds, which I haven't seen, but I have read the Netflix description of. <laughs> so, and mm-hmm. it, it, it seems very interesting, too. It's, like, a, um, a story of, like, teenagers, or, like, yeah, two kids that are either in their late teens or early 20s, like, taking a road trip to L.A. So, I mean, yeah, it could be, like, you know, Weetsy and Dirk in Another Life. And apparently it's, like, a little bit darker than her stuff usually is, so I think it'll be an interesting match mm-hmm. to have this like her like you know lighthearted whimsical style kind of like grounded and a little bit grittier and more realistic that's what i'm envisioning <laughs> yeah yeah so like yeah i'm i'm very excited if it gets made cuz um so much so much of the the book is centered around movies you know it mm-hmm. it takes place in LA which is you know just the embodiment of you know, the movie industry, there's all this, like, old Hollywood glamour, and then, you know, my secret agent lover man, Weetsy's boyfriend, <laughs> is a, yeah. um, is a filmmaker, and they make, um, all their, you know, little chosen family makes these films. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was so, like, it's, like, little independent films, but it's, yeah, it's, there's such a cohesive unit, like, it's, yeah, it's Weetsy, and then Dirk, and then Dirk's companion, or, I don't know, lover, companion, yeah, partner, <laughs> and then, yeah, partner, um, and then, yeah, secret agent, lover, man, but then it's, like, friends, also, that, that Weetsy's become close with, uh, like, Valentine, Jellove, and Ping Chong, and, yeah, so it's, like, it's really cool how they just kind of... Yeah. They're so welcoming. They are like they a like family unit, and get, like now that yeah, now we're doing a really story cute. about this, and this person's this character. Now we're doing a story about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Coyote, his uh, Native American friend of Secret Lover Man. So it's yeah, and it's yeah. So there's all these different cultures represented too. Kind of. I mean, it's like melting pot. Yeah. You you make make your own family. Yeah. So they're Weezy's done a good job about making her own family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, so so potentially there will be a movie, which is really cool. Um, yeah, and and so the and we did kind of mention that. So there are these themes. There are many themes in the in the story, um, but again, the story is kind of rosy, etc. But but even still, there are some pretty big or potentially controversial, um, just because it is young adult, considered young adult literature, um, but, but kind of, um, sign of the times, this is 1989, so there are some issues in there that were big deals then, and, and some that are still, you know, in, in the light, limelight in society today, too. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting in that way. It's like a time machine, but also some of the issues kind of carry up to today. There's still topics, so... Yeah, so maybe we can talk about 
what some of those issues are. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like you said, it is like, a you know, the book has a very whimsical and lighthearted tone, but there's some, like, heavy, heavy, you know, stuff that happens. Um, so we've got everything from um, there's, you know, casual sex in high school and underage drinking and mm -hmm. um, abortion. There's um, babies you know they're Baby. yeah <laughs> by by pretty young kids that don't really seem to think about it too much you know and um there's you know there's lgbt characters um there's like an interracial relationship which i feel like was a big deal then which is not as big a yeah. deal now <laughs> you yeah. know so like i feel like some of the things in it are kind of non-issues but they were kind mm -hmm. of a bigger deal at the time yeah, um, so in that regard, it's kind of like a, a peak Yeah, it is kind of yeah, a, like a time machine. But then there's history, other stuff, yeah. yeah, which is still very, you know. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I was thinking about this. Like, you have a daughter. I have a daughter. Um, you know, imagine they were, you know, like 13, 14 years old. Would you let her read this book? Yes. And I say that because I've already read it, so I know you know, the content of the book, um, and then we would discuss it. Like, because I, I think this would be a really great book to have discussions about, um, you know, just open discussions. Yeah. Just to, like, see what, you know, what her thoughts are, and then, yeah, and then we can, because like we said, like, some of, some of the stuff is, the art, you know, issues these days, or in, in the news these days, um, and so... Yeah, I think it'd be yeah. really great to read and then talk about it. No, I totally yeah. agree. Um, yeah, because I was kind of thinking about this, because I was like, you know, there's there's stuff in here that, like, it's not just, like, the quote, like, controversial stuff, like, you know, um, like, LGBT characters. Like, I, I feel like she, my daughter, it was a long time before I was, like, exposed to that, but, like, my daughter has gone to a preschool where there were, like, a couple kids with two mommies, you know, so, like, it's, mm -hmm. like, no big deal to her. Um, interracial relationships, we're living it. <laughs> you know, so some mm -hmm. of the stuff is just, like, whatever, but then there's other stuff, like, I mean, sex and babies and consequences and, and, and that type of stuff, and unwanted babies, you know, which, which there are in this book. Um, that aren't, like, quote, you know, controversial in the news issues, but just, like, stuff you'll kind of have to deal with growing up. So, mm -hmm. um, I, you know, this isn't something I would want her to just kind of read and throw to the wind, but I, like, like you said, like a really good, um, conversation starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's nothing, like, I've always been, like, very liberal, you know, as to, like, what material I'll allow her to see, because I never want to, like, shield her from the world, but I, I want to kind of guide her a little bit. Yeah. Well, and you want to yeah. make sure that they're, you know, at a good age or maturity level to be able to yeah really, ha you know, think about things and, and, you know, have their own opinions. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. But I do feel that this is, you know, even though there's stuff that, like, um, maybe that age kids aren't dealing with yet, like, I still feel like this book is YA appropriate because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's stuff that they'll deal with eventually. And so, you know, it, it's a... Yeah. It's know. interesting. So it was published in 1989, um... Yeah, and it's considered young adult because, yeah, Weetzee's um, supposedly, like, 16 in the beginning. Um, and then it's 
we assume although the time period's kind of nebulous <laughs> so. yeah so we assume maybe up into her early 20s yeah like, and i only know that from the interview because like in, yeah, in the book otherwise yeah it says she's <laughs> yeah, in no. high school but then it never says she graduates from high school but then all of a sudden like they're making yeah. these movies so apparently she's not in school anymore she's working as an actress i guess you know yeah so and it's not like entirely clear like what time period yeah. this is but i think yeah late late teens early 20s yeah, and so in the in recent years, a new genre has been created, and that's new adult. So I I kind of feel like this might fall kind of closer to new adult. Oh, okay, rather uh, than... just because of the th- the themes that are in it. I, I mean, yeah, yeah about um, like sex. Young people's sex. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, that doesn't young sorry. People, I'm, I'm going to say like pre, premarital sex, but like marriage isn't even mentioned in this book. So it's like just, yeah, being really teenage sex, I guess, is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then the drinking and stuff. And so, so yeah, those kind of things. Um, I, I think maybe it would be closer to like new adult, but, but yeah, but I think, yeah, as a teenager, I think this would be fine to read and then, and discuss, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I, and when I, when I say like controversial things, like at the time, I think like homosexuality, so like 1989 and then, yeah. So one of the big things in here, especially towards the end of the book is AIDS, yes. um, but it's not, it's not. In, like it does, it's not. It's not the like word a, isn't in the book. <laughs> it's not mentioned by name. Yeah. But yeah, like one of the um, you know, Duck, one of the gay characters. So he has a friend that dies, um, mm-hmm. of some sickness, you know. And so like back in 1989, like AIDS was, yeah, like a huge. Scare, I remember scary it in school. Deal. Yeah, in no, health, I remember health class well, yeah. that time as well. Fam- family life education. Yeah, class. and I mean yeah. it's it's still a thing, you know, but it's not mm-hmm. like the the crazy. Yeah, I think more is known, more is known about it now, so it's not as, well, I don't know, I mean, we're not in that community, you know, and so, you know, it's, it's not a fear for us, but, but yeah, I feel like there's been enough medical advances that, and people can understand it more to know how to protect themselves, and, but yeah, like, so Wait, Forrest Gump. AIDS was in Forrest Gump, but what time period? So no, that was but I guess around the same time. Yeah, it was like yeah, okay. Ladies. I was like, <laughs> think about Forrest Gump, but yeah, so like that's your reference. <laughs> but point. I do remember in school, like as as a kid, what was I like eight? We were eight years old or something when the book came out. Yes. Yeah. Wait, I shouldn't say that. I, I know. Remember. Yeah. Bleep, 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 bleep. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I think I already said something about being in my mid-thirties, so, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, um, yeah. But yeah, so I totally remember, yeah, in school, the, like, early in the 90s, yeah, that was, and I remember the teachers were like, you cannot get AIDS from, like, drinking from the same cup. I mean, it was, like, very much, it was kind of like a, yeah, like scary don't freak out. Not disease, not to scare like, you. Yeah, like yeah. protect yourself, but don't go crazy. Cause yeah, yeah. But I can so. I can't even imagine like for a, a person in that community in the homosexual community the the fear like, and that's what Duck in in the book is experiencing. Like he, that's how he reacts is that he runs away from Dirk, like from his 
his soulmate basically mm-hmm. because he's a this thing has happened and it's, it's shook his world like how what let me see if i can find the quote it was it's about like how can love it's just that idea like how can love how could yeah how could i live in a world where this exists where love can become death yeah like that's yeah what is so scary yeah and and so he so that's kind of toward that's the actually at the very end of the book is that you know how Dirk and duck um you know kind of come to turn i don't know come to terms isn't really the right phrase but like you can see that they're gonna face it together yeah like they they, they definitely kind of go with the through a a dealing process you know like duck runs away initially but then you know like okay it's gonna be okay (laughs) and they mentioned several times that or a few times anyway that they that they know that they're healthy like so they they're very responsible you know to you know even though there's this dangerous disease out there you know and and they make sure that they are healthy and go to the doctor and stuff to to protect each other and to yeah and so so yeah so i think that's that's very um very interesting and also so the aids part doesn't carry too much i mean the 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 fear of it the intense fear like it used to be that doesn't really carry too much into today's society but um but just the like in the news it's all about like homosexual marriage and i mean gay marriage and everything and so um marriage equality (laughs) marriage equality yeah sorry i don't i I don't know what's the, like, the politically correct how to say things, but, yeah, and so that, you know, so basically homosexuality is still a, yeah, no, I mean, a it, hot it, topic. It's an issue but in, it is in more, a different way, yeah. Yeah, it so. is more and, uh, you know, accepted. And, it, you yeah. it's less of a quote issue than it used to be, and, and one day I hope it's no issue at mm-hmm. all. So. Yeah, and so I I did read uh, just a, uh, maybe half of Witch Baby, the next book, and that delves more into Jerk and Duck's uh, relationship, like Duck's parents. Um, oh, okay, interesting. He, he finally, like, he kind of comes out to them, and it's kind of them dealing with it, and yeah. So I guess Dirk was lucky, and that's not the right, in that regard, he didn't have to. His parents had already passed on, so he didn't have to worry about parents accepting him. <laughs> but, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh, and yeah, that's so the thing that. too. There's there's a ton more um, books with these characters, and so I, I'm excited to read more. And I and I like that they like kind of span decades because I'm wondering what happens to them, you know? <laughs> yeah, through time. Yeah, and also, um, in the book, Dirk says that he and Duck were watching a or something, and there were two gay guys that wanted to have a baby, and so they had a baby with their friend, and they're like, oh, well, what they did this, idea. yeah. Let's and, do that right now. <laughs> and so that's interesting. So I wonder if if that was real, like something that maybe... Francesca Leah Block saw on TV and gave her the idea or something. I mean, I I'm I don't know. I haven't read that in an interview, but I'm just kind of curious. Like, because there are you can you can see that parts of the book are put 
are inspired by things of the time, and so I wonder if right. that or was even also... people she. I mean, who knows? Maybe people she knew in real life. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think yeah. even in one of the interviews, she was saying, you know, some of the characters are based on people she knew, and then she's mm-hmm. met since then people that kind of embody the characters. Yeah, so. she's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely an interesting. That would be an interesting discussion to have, like, if we're talking about, you know, like, if our daughters read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, so that, you know, because it is kind of, the, the family that they create is such an an interesting unit. Like, it's a gay couple, and then a heterosexual couple, and, but then, and then there's a, so it's like three men and a baby, and then we, and then we see... <laughs> And yeah. yeah, and the so yeah, we the baby is baby. like everybody's baby. We don't yeah, know exactly. <laughs> like they're not sure the, who like the quote father is, but she resembles everyone. So it's kind of like you know they've all in, embraced her and they all made her yeah. basically. Yeah, and then we've got witch baby, who's witch my favorite. Baby. <laughs> yeah, who um Love yeah. So baby. my secret agent lover man wasn't exactly happy when um. Yeah, Weetie decided to have a baby without telling him, which I don't blame him. <laughs> like, it seems like yeah. something she should have discussed with him beforehand. Well, so, you know, he, he takes off and ends yeah. up having a baby who they adopt. And she's adorable. She walks around the house saying, beast, beast, beast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and she loves to eat Fig Newtons. She likes to eat, steal ducks, Fig Newtons, and eat them all. <laughs> yeah, so the so yeah, so Witch Baby is all about her the next book. Um But yeah, well it's interesting because he says um my secret agent Loverman says that he was jealous of Duck and Dirk, like they that they would be having sex with Weetzie in order to have a baby and so so he knew while he was gone. He says that when he comes back, that he, like, that's part of why he was just in such a terrible state, was because he let himself be jealous, but then, and he was drinking a lot, and got, yeah, involved in, in a witch <laughs> It's like, oh my gosh, of all the places to, like, well, I guess maybe his misery dragged him there, I don't know, but like, yeah, ended up in a coven of witches. Yeah, and but, becoming yeah. bewitched, and then a curse put on him. <laughs> yeah. And so and booty dolls. Yeah. Yeah. And so we'd see, with, that was something that she was dealing with, was, yeah, that she's pregnant, and then he's got, you know, the love of her life leaves. So, yeah. like, while, Which, the whole time yeah. while she's pregnant... <laughs> I know, it's, I felt him. so yeah. so sad for her, because, like, what a time um, that you would want to share with, you know, the person you love. Yeah. And, yeah, I kind of, you know, again, like, uh, reading this now was, like, a totally different experience, you know, than reading it then. Because, yeah, I kind of felt like that. Because um, when I was pregnant, I wasn't, like, you know, split up from my husband, but he was actually living in a different city, and so I was alone a lot of the time, you know, and I was like, you know, here I am, like, yeah, you your glorious and, and pregnant, and I wish I was yeah. just, like, yeah, sharing every minute with him, and he would come on the weekends and stuff, you know, yeah. but it's like, you know, I wanted to share that time with him, so I could kind of feel Weetzie's sadness, but yeah, she should have talked to him <laughs> beforehand, so yeah. I, I don't blame him for, for getting upset. Yeah. Yeah, so I I loved, um, you know, in his absence, the Dirk and Duck were, like, perfect. They're just, like, 
they're so good. Like they and they're they're just loving yeah, all they of it like, and making sure she feels she eats healthy food and they and, massage yeah. no her but, and they <laughs> they hug her and tickle her because yeah. you know you need you know people to love you to be happy yeah, yeah so yeah it's a very it's very they, sweet they do take good care yeah. of her <laughs> and that's something the characters are very I mean it's the writing style but it's like everyone is very I wouldn't say simple minded but just like there's so much simplicity like. The way that they speak, I mean, they, even though it's very, um, like, there are, the word, like, she'll say, like, leaping lizards, or, like, slinks are cool, <laughs> like, there's words like that, but I mean, but they really say what they mean to say, um, you know, in their dialogue, and then, so it's all kind of, um, simple and straightforward, or mm-hmm. um, from the heart, but then yeah, but then you add in these yeah, like these hard things, like like the the pregnancy, and then that he's gone, and then yeah, and then it kind of gets then there are steadily like several other <laughs> harder things like we've already talked about at the end of the book with Duck and Derek and their you know Duck's um, scare, you know with. But it's like coming to terms with mortality, basically, because it's this group of people, and they are so—they're like on puffy clouds, kind of. I mean, this like sparkly life that they have, but then the world, the, the, yeah. So then it's like you see the world kind of creeping in in different ways, and yeah. then how they react to it or how it affects them, and yeah. Yeah, I think you're right about that because they do have this kind of like you know they speak very matter of factly and life isn't like it's just simple to them like let's do Mm -hmm. what we want to make us happy you know like we want to like create art so we're going to do that we want to have a baby because wouldn't that be cool and fun so we're going to do that Mm -hmm. you know and then like you do see like consequences kind of start you know coming in a little bit Yeah, but at the same time it doesn't totally overtake them like you know I I think it's kind of like an attitude towards life like Mm -hmm. do what you want to do it's not always going to be easy but um you don't have to be conventional and live you know whatever life you can do whatever you want to do yeah that makes you happy so yeah it's like different things like when the world kind of come comes in like makes little cracks in their in their like glitter globe or whatever but then they yeah they kind of get back to themselves after after a little while and like seal up the cracks again anyway. well shall we get into food a little bit because i feel like yeah this yeah I, I thought this would be great for the podcast because it's so atmospheric it's very la and like almost every scene has a food description because i feel like it's just used to set the atmosphere mm-hmm. like they're constantly going to street carts or to these like you know, classic L.A. restaurants. Um, And we looked up a bunch of them, you know, like a lot of them are from the 30s and 40s, and, you know, so they've been around forever, and they're very famous for, you know, this food or that food. Um, Yeah, and so they're just kind of, the same way they're experiencing the world, they're experiencing it through food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that throughout the story, sometimes they'll mention that, like, such and such a place isn't there anymore. 
and and so it's like there's the the bubble that they're living in and the world is changing around them like like Mm -hmm. certain restaurants or places are being torn down and replaced and and yet they're you know Weetzie and co (laughs) are like still kind of rolling along you know and and so so yeah so that's kind of interesting too because we're in the bubble with them but then we kind yeah. of get this. But then, I mean, isn't to, that yeah that something? Isn't are that kind of like L.A. Like it's this dream world, you know. And mm-hmm. when it's good, it's like awesome. But then you see, like you know, for for example, like the character of her mom, like she's wistful for those days when everything was amazing, mm-hmm. and it's just not anymore. And she she's, you know, like yeah, Weetzy kind of goes with the sad form. about it. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of like you know, as as L.A. changes. Um, yeah, like, some things just kind of fall apart. Yeah. Yeah, so tons of places are mentioned. Um, and I, and it, yeah, it's good. I like how Weetzie is introduced in the book, and it, and it goes along with this, with the L.A. scene. It's like, that she's so deeply connected to the, like, the everyday wonder of Los Angeles. Like, the, the places and the people and... Yeah, the the sights, sounds, everything, tastes, um, and she's <laughs> it says she hates high school because nobody else understands that, like understands where they live, and yeah, and so yeah, so the book, this book is kind of like a love letter to Los Angeles in a way, mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the first place that's mentioned uh, is Okie Dogs. So what is what's Okie dogs yeah. have hot dog burritos. It's like the most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, they they put like hot dogs and cold cuts and cheese and beans and make them into burritos. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so it sounds like awful and delicious at the same time. Well, it's, yeah, so so that's like on the the first page. It's, it's yeah, the cheapest cheese and bean and hot dog and pastrami burritos. Or at Okie Dogs. Yeah. And then and that's, when she's that's pregnant. one of the... Oh, I was about to say, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, go for the, it. The junk foods that, yeah, she's <laughs> forbidden to eat. But yeah. <laughs> they're like, only health food, no yeah, PC no burgers, and no Okie Dogs yeah. in all caps. So. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Tiny Nailers is mentioned a couple of times with the, the roller skating waitresses. Um, it opened in 1958. And... Yeah, they got tiny nails. Yeah, roller skating waitresses are very fifties. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, his name was Tiny because he was six four and weighed three hundred twenty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a fountain that turned tropical soda pop colors. I don't know where that was, but that's mentioned. <laughs> and Weetzie loves to smack on some strawberry bubble gum. Um yeah, drink- Which seems very pink and Weetzie. Yeah. And lots of beers, bright colored canned club drinks, and if a couple of times, uh, strawberry sundaes with marshmallow topping is mentioned from Schwab's. Yeah, marshmallow topping on a strawberry sundae like that sounds so interesting to me. Like I want it right now. <laughs> yeah. Like what is that good. like? Is it a marshmallow fluff? Or it must be like yeah. a, like maybe warm, and they pour it on, or like what? This sounds really good. But there's a there's a place, or maybe it's like toasted like a baked Alaska. Oh, oh. yeah, mm. 
so there is a place. Uh, I, I like these kind of places, Schwab's, Schwab's Pharmacy. So it was like a drugstore or like a soda pop um, fountain place. Um, they had ice cream and, and light meals, it says here. Um, but there is a place back where I grew up that was kind of like that. And it's still, it's called Timberlakes, but it's a pharmacy. But And in the back they have like a a little eating place, but just like how it was back in like umpteen years ago, decades ago. So that's kind of cool. That's nice. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's a place like that where I grew up. Like, um, like when I was really little, I lived in a small town outside of Charlotte, and they like in Mount Holly, downtown Mount Holly, they had like a place that we used to go get um, like orange sodas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I was very little. But yeah, I think it was like a yeah. place like that. So yeah, I kind of think Those about places that. are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we got cheese and avocado sandwiches on the beach. Or on whole wheat bread on the beach. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that later. We will, since you made them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, yeah that, that's like my perfect sandwich. I make avocado sandwiches for my kids all the time because they, they like what? it. What? You like, should have been the one to make this thing. <laughs> I don't want to make that. I make it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed like experimenting yeah like i mean i keep avocados in the fridge because like they, like they are very hit or miss like what vegetables yeah. they're eating certain weeks but like avocados are pretty pretty you know um yeah. pretty safe so a lot of times my, my daughter likes them toasted bread but not too toasted avocado and she likes either soy sauce or maggie seasoning <laughs> oh, nice. so that's how she eats them yeah Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, so that so that's mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, and then Grandma Fifi, yeah, here it is. So, the sweet, powdery old lady who baked tiny white sugar-coated pastries for them. So, I immediately think of Russian tea cakes. Like, that's... Because I have a... I, well, I had a great aunt, and she would, like, for Christmas, and well, I think it was especially for Christmas when she'd come over to the farm, um... I say the farm, like, everybody knows the farm. Sorry, that's like, so that's like where I grew up. We just call it the farm. (laughs) Anyway, that was like the gathering place for holidays and stuff. Um, So yeah, my, I had a great aunt who, uh, she would always make the powder, the little Russian tea cakes with the powdered sugar on the outside and stuff. I love, love this. So that's what I immediately thought of for Grandma Fifi. Yeah. A powdery old lady who baked sugar co- white sugar coated pastries that's like yeah. such a perfect she sounds imagery. delightful like it's yeah. just so sweet and comforting yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think I'll have there's like crazy amounts of food so I should like n- skim over this um, <laughs> let's see so Carter's they went to Carter's for bagels which comforted Weetzy because she oh no I think it's Cantor's oh Cantor's sorry I'm like reading yeah. my <laughs> yes <laughs> thank you I'm reading my my text here, my scribble here. So yeah, it looks like, <laughs> yes, they went to Cantor's for bagels. Um, and in the story it says, Weetzy had been teethed on Cantor's bagels when she was a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's so it's so a comfort cute. food it's for like, her. Yeah. It's comfort food, and, and like she's totally ingrained in the city. Yeah, yeah. so Cantor's is like a deli. I looked it up too, and went, mm-hmm. yeah, saw their website. Nice. And then next is the Tic Tac Tea Room, which has quite a history. 
Right. So she, yeah. Weetzie, and her dad, Charlie, that was kind of their thing when he came to, when he would come to visit from New York, uh, they would get turkey platters at the TikTok Tea Room. So it was like with mashed potatoes and gravy and cranberry sauce, canned fruit cocktail, sugar glazed rolls, pink sherbet, apple pie. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Yeah, and it's all, like, comfort food. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, yeah, there's another, like, article I saw on this that, yeah, it was built in the 1930s. Yeah, the um, So since it was yeah. during the Depression, it, it was, like, Depression-era comfort food, basically. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So just, like, a place you can go to get a nice meal. And, like, reading, reading about it in the book, it kind of reminded me of, like, um... Like, my, my grandparents like to take us to, like, those cafeteria-type places, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where you can, like, pick an entree and a couple of sides and whatever, and you kind of, like, go down the line with your tray, and, like, old people love those places. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it just seemed like that to me, just, like, you know, comfort food. Yeah. I like those places. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm thinking of, like, Golden Corral or something, like... But it's true. Yeah, it's true that of, when I've gone in there, like they're all, depending on what time of day or whatever. Oh they're yeah, often oh, are, like if it's elderly. like four thirty or five p.m., yeah. it's gonna be all white hairs. <laughs> Man, they love it. So yeah, <laughs> no, I like those places too. But it is kind of like I like them like nostalgically. <laughs> if I was introduced to one like just out of the blue, I'd be like, what in the world? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So that so that is yeah. So that was special. For Weetzie and her dad, because that was, yeah, the family, kind of the... Yeah, so they had their tradition to go there, yeah. Yeah, which is so, yeah, it's so in, ingrained in Weetzie's life, like, to go out to eat and and experience all these different, like, classic yeah, like really, food places yeah. in L.A. And, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like L.A. was her parent. Ah, uh, yes. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then, yeah, then Tiny Nailers is mentioned again. Um, oh, when, <laughs> Wendy's is mentioned. Oh, yeah, the Tiny Nailers was was demolished in a pizza place, a cookie place, a Wendy's, and a Penguin's yogurt was put up in its place. That's what it, it says in the book. Oh, okay. Um, and I guess that's a chain. So that is kind of like the sadness. Like, all these cool yeah. places eventually get taken over by, you know generic yeah it's like all these different pizza cookie fast food and a yogurt place like that's that's how how many it takes to fill the gap of tiny nailers (laughs) because it yeah anyway and then tiki restaurant in the valley that's that that was um closed uh oh and noshi Noshi uh, Sushi Place. That's mentioned a few times. Yeah. Do you have that? Yeah, I did. Okay, hold on. I pulled this one up, too. Let's see. Yeah, I pulled up all these restaurant sites. Mm -hmm. I'll put all these these links in the show notes because it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it opened in 1983 in Koreatown. It was Japanese-owned, but it was in Koreatown. Yeah. Yeah, so they go there a couple times and eat sushi. Yeah, Weetzie was addicted to the hamachi, which it was only one fifty for an order. Nice. Uh, and then the what is it? El Ecayote? What is it? 
Yes. That place, El, the... Yeah. El Coyote. El Coyote. El Coyote. The Coyote. Right. <laughs> they also, yeah, so they also ate guacamole tostadas at El Okay, Coyote. yeah, this dish, please describe it to me. Yeah. this is, like, the standout dish in my head. Like, what in the world, like... Yeah, it, it sounds like as horrifying <laughs> as Okie Dogs, but still somewhat delicious. So yeah. I don't know. It says putting the toppings of guacamole, canned vegetables, Thousand Island dressing, and cheese into the corn tortillas, and then they keep them warm between some plates. The tortillas between the plates, but yeah, so it's guacamole, canned vegetables, Thousand Island dressing, and cheese. So I guess yeah. So it's interesting. It kind of seems like we'd see. Um, progressively becomes vegetarian or because in the I think it's in the next book it's all about the love rice (laughs) the love rice? (laughs) yeah but I don't know I don't know if she's like if it's like real vegetarian or just sometimes it seems like they're all kind of leaning that way. I don't know. Yeah, or it might just be kind of like the kind of California lifestyle quote, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so. Because where's the meat in these tostadas? <laughs> it's guacamole tostadas. Yeah, it's guacamole tostadas. Yeah. yeah, so like avocados are like ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, and then along with that, so there's a website called Good Food Stories, which is cool. Um, that's kind of right up our alley. Um, so it's eating my words. This is this post eating my words. Weetsy bats guacamole tostadas. This is from 2013, but um, but she talks about Weetsy bat. This the author um, Rebecca Peters Golden, but she does creates this tostada recipe, guacamole tostadas. So we can put a link to that. It looks yeah. really yummy. Uh, yeah, very cool. Like, once I yeah. came around to it, I'm like, canned vegetables? Yeah. Store-bought <laughs> dressing? Not in you my dr- house. Yeah, yeah drench like, them in dressing and then... Dude, I'm so snobby, but at the same time, I, I would, I would, I would nosh that. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and... Oh, then... oh, one thing, one thing I wanted to mention about the, um, the Coyote restaurant. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sharon Tate and three other victims of the Manson murders ate their last meal there. What? Yeah, so that is kind of like Hollywood, that Hollywood legend. Shivers. Yeah, Hollywood legend. Uh, so uh, anyway, onto something brighter. <laughs> let's let's talk about Noshi again. <laughs> so it's mentioned at the beginning. Oh no, just kidding. It's mentioned kind of towards the middle a couple times. Um, at Noshi, they ordered hamachi, anago, maguro, ebi, taco, kappa. Kapamaki and Kiran beer. Oh, this was, yeah. They were buzzing from the beer and from the burning neon green wasabi and the pink ginger and from the massive protein dose of sushi. <laughs> this was right before <laughs> Dirk, Duck, and Weetzi made a baby. Well, like, I mean, like sushi it is could have heavy also been protein buzz, Duck said. <laughs> What's up? Uh, said so Duck says, like, sushi is the heavy heavy protein bar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dirk toasted their baby. That's nice. Yeah. So that's very, that's like, go to Noshi and order, yeah, you can exactly so order sushi, what Weetzi had. Sushi for fertility, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. But it's like, she lists all the, 
<laughs> so you know exactly what to get, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and then speaking of the pregnancy, I thought it was cute that Weetzi was kind of describing how she felt, like physically yes, felt, this is well, and emotionally yeah. kind of, but like an Easter basket of pastel chocolate malt eggs and solid milk chocolate bunnies and yellow daffodils and dollhouse-sized jelly bean eggs. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Isn't that precious? Um, That's yeah. how I felt too. Three yeah. months in, yeah, like before says, that, she not felt so like much. a Christmas present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not. I know everything is so gilded. It's like she's yeah. pregnant, and it's like a perfect pregnancy. Right. It's like. <sighs> um, one thing that was mentioned, and I'm trying to find where I think. Let's see. Oh. When when they were in New York, like, I was so just goes, looking at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's lots of yeah. She goes to New York to with yeah. She takes Cherokee to um, New York to visit her father Charlie. Yeah, he's and, like there are um, my babies. Yeah, so she's basically on like a mini vacation there, and they go to all kinds of places. Yeah, um, and do all like and the broccoli typical and yeah, hot typical and New sour York soup. Stuff. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so they go to Chinatown, they go to Little Little Italy, Italy. they go to um, a deli and eat lox and cream cheese, they eat um, French food, Jewish deli, and lobster. (laughs) Yeah. They drink celery tonic, which, have you ever had that? What is it? Celery. Celery tonic. Oh, celery? No. Yes. Is this, like, celery-flavored soda? Is weird, but it's kind of cool. (laughs) celery soda kind of sounds familiar. I don't know if I've had it or just seen it. Oh, okay. But but I think, but I'm not familiar with the name, though, like the celery, yeah. Celery. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you can make a soda out of anything, huh? (laughs) Interesting. But yeah, so like her her little um, New York trip is very, like, kind of food-studded, you know? Yeah, which is kind of cool because when you travel, that's like... Oh, that's that's like part, a huge part of the experience is yeah well you have to eat out so, it's not like you can cook yeah. and then you kind of like plan your days around the meals and you want to hit all the good places while you're there so yeah so it's yeah, kind so of like coast to coast like like that they like she's kind of in a whole different continent is what like kind of how i feel like it makes me feel like that it's worlds apart and I and I wonder if that is purposeful or if that's just my take on it, or you know what I mean? Like yeah, well no, I'm sure I'm sure it is because like I mean, well obviously it it just it's is, like a European it's, experience. It's, or it's like on the other coast, so it's like a world away. But then also like you mentioned earlier, like it's where her father lives, so that's like the other half of her life. So yeah, yeah it just seems so different because he's there and he's yeah yeah and even though that's like her dad, Ho- you know hollywood's her mother like the aging starlet and yeah. and new york is her father the kind of like sad gritty you know detached yeah, yeah. and it's interesting because yeah. even though she's with a parent it's still treated as if she is yeah that she's on vacation like she's um I mean, like you said, when you when you go on vacation or something, you, of course you eat out and stuff. But she's actually with a family member, so you'd think there would be eating in sometime because you're like at his house or whatever. But yeah. it's still treated like so. I think that's kind of also evidence of 
you know, that there isn't really a home there. Yeah, it seems like he's not the type who's going to cook for himself. He's probably not taking very good care of himself. So yeah, he which we can't, learned. Yeah, yeah, we <laughs> certainly can't do that. Yeah. He can't do that for her. Yeah. So it's still kind of yeah that I mean he loves they love each other very much, but there's still kind of that yeah like you're a, a tourist kind of thing or whatever I don't know, but yeah mm-hmm. so so yeah so much food yeah and it's like a food vacation <laughs> yeah cannolis from little italy um, want they wandered through the angled streets that smelled meaty and peppery oh that was chinatown yeah yeah and then there's um which is interesting also he bought them strawberries um oh never mind he bought them strawberries uh with whipped cream at the palm court in the plaza hotel so it's like strawberries with marshmallow and strawberries with whipped cream. It's like strawberries on coast to coast. <laughs> like, there's different versions of strawberry. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I she mean, loves strawberry. That, that's, that's kind yeah. of, like, Wheatsy Bat in general. Like, I think, I, I started reading Witch Baby, and she describes like, um, she describes Wheatsy Bat as a strawberry sundae melting into my secret agent lover. <laughs> yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so that's, that kind of does embody her. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And then they go to Harlem for breakfast. There's a place called Sylvia's. And they get eggs and grits and biscuits and yeah. sweet potato pie. Sounds like some kind of diner. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, yeah, yeah, diner food's the best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we got Schwab's again with hamburgers and milkshakes and Wonder Woman comics. That was Brandy Lynn when she was a little girl, the Weetsie's mom. And then a filet of fish and a milkshake from McDonald's. (laughs) Yeah, that was, um, Jerk in San Francisco. Yeah, when he's looking for that. Yeah. And Weetsie packed... Uh, some food for his trip, um, picnic baskets uh, and bags and thermoses and Spider-Man lunch pails full of bagels, string cheese, chocolate chip cookies, milk, apples, and carrot sticks. It's like a little kid's lunch. It is, yeah. So like, Isn't it? You know. like it's still kind of. <laughs> so we tease mom in pretty good. <laughs> yeah, she's she's the matriarch of this family. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's all yeah, it's like. Serious times, but then kind of this like innocent way of being. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then all you can eat pea soup at Anderson's Pea Soup, which I've seen billboards for that. Have I you? mean, like back west. Yeah. Yeah. Like Anderson's yeah. So you soup. lived in California, so I don't like. I know it's Northern California, but I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you know any of this stuff. Well, just that's the only one that I Anderson's. That I remember seeing all a you can eat for. pea soup. Yeah. I wonder how popular that is. <laughs> I like pea soup, but I don't know that. That's I don't know if I've ever had pea soup before. I have to give it a shot. Oh, maybe well, I, I missed sh- my chance at Anderson's. I guess <laughs> so now can, I'm on the east. You coast. can try my Arabian Nights recipe. I know that's why from our website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then sitting on the porch drinking lemonade, and then... And listening to Iggy Pop's Lust yeah. for Life, which I feel like <laughs> embodies this, you know, book as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and then it's mentioned uh, plantains and black beans uh, for Valentine Jalove, who's Jamaican. 
Um, and then wonton soup and fortune cookies for Ping Chong. Yeah, the the racial stuff <laughs> in this book is a little questionable. <laughs> well, and then the uh, yeah, if you think about that, and then the genie too has kind of the yeah, and you know, the fact the, that she names her daughter Cherokee. Yeah, which is a group of people, not a cute baby name. But isn't that? I think I've actually heard the name before. I mean, that is. But maybe it's because somebody liked this book, <laughs> and they named their child Cherokee. But. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like these, yeah, these racial things, but then it's like, yeah, I mean, everybody, see that, it's from her perspective. Kind everybody of. in this book is a caricature, so I can't be that mad at yeah. it. <laughs> and it comes from, like, a place of love, so. Yeah. But it's kind of like from her perspective, the book is. I mean, it's, it's not first person, but it's like, so oh, yeah, it's, everything's it's kind of forgivable of in a way because of her personality. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like the Indian headdresses and the Native American headdresses, and it's like she's like, yeah, they were here first, like. But it's just kind of like a fashion thing, really. I mean, it's well, it of... is. But I've read a lot of think pieces about cultural appropriation, so yeah. you know, I mean, they're definitely like I'm, I'm not a set really about it from my like white girl opinion but i mean it can be problematic yeah well that's what i mean it's like yeah that i feel like it's kind of i don't know it's like a hipster is that the right word because it's yeah it's like this cultural stuff but it's like to weetsy it's like i mean she kind of makes a statement but i feel like it's the only reason she wears that is not because she has feelings about it, but it's just because it's her kind of quirky fashion. So, yeah. like... <laughs> but, yeah. But it's, like, she's not... I don't... It's hard to be offended ab- about... It. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the cultural group, so maybe it is yeah, easy see, to be Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, like, I feel like I can't even have an opinion about it. Like, yeah. I'm not upset by it, but I would not say people are wrong if they are. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's my opinion on that. Yeah. Yeah, I just mean, her personality is so, like, kind of... I don't know. The, yeah. <laughs> Weetsy. She's just Weetsy. <laughs> But then, yeah, there is an author behind her, so. Anyway. So, um, one of the, the maybe most memorable or um, quote would be good for a quote or something. And the kiss. Do you remember that scene when we'd see a secret agent lover man kiss for the first time? Oh, what does it say? A kiss about apple pie a la mode with the vanilla creaminess melting in the pie heat. A kiss about palm trees speeding by, trailing pink clouds when you drive down the strip sizzling with champagne. So, like, (laughs) this, it's very descriptive. But, yeah, the apple pie a la mode with melting. Yeah, what a great first kiss. Yeah. Yum. Unless it tastes (laughs) like pie, I'm not interested. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway, so that's, I mean, there's just so much more, but I mean, yeah. we've already, <laughs> this is like, going forever. So, yes. Foodie yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's not just, like, what they eat, but, like, it, it, it's so helpful in building the atmosphere, and, yeah. you know, it means some things. 
Like, I mean, we can get into recipes if you're ready, because I have something, you know, to kind of, like, segue with mine. Um, Yeah, so, like, at the very last scene, when, um, you know, Dirk and Duck come home, and, you know, so the family's back together again, they're all eating linguine with clam sauce, and um, they lit candles, and they're drinking wine, and it's just, like such a sweet family atmosphere and I love it Mm -hmm. and I I feel like you know Wheatsy's able to kind of step back and see that like oh we're happy now we're happy in this moment it might not stay this way but you know we'll always have this time together Mm -hmm. and this awesome dinner (laughs) so yeah so I wanted to make I wanted to make this dish both because like I I think that's a really sweet scene but also Secret Agent Loverman made it Right? In the book, he's the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, like, I feel like this dish, like, it's pretty old school. You know, it's like a, um, like, quote, fancy Italian dish. Like, I, I feel like at in that time period, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, like, whenever anybody wanted to cook a nice meal, it was always, like, pasta. <laughs> yeah. You know? Nowadays, like, everybody's scared of carbs. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, when I was making it, I was like, I cannot remember the last time I cooked white pasta in my house. This mm. feels so wrong and yet so right <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, so, like, it's a super, super simple dish, um, and it makes, like, a whole plate of food, so it's great for a family, so it mm-hmm. would be good, you know, to just, like, slap the plate in the middle of the table and let everybody serve themselves. It's a great family-style dish. And, yeah, like I said, it's super simple. It's just, um, pound of clams, pound of linguine, and, um, yeah, cook cook the noodles, and, you know, when they're al dente, you take them out, and then you start working on your clams and your sauce. And all it is is, like, olive oil and garlic, then you steam your clams open, remove them and then add in um you know splash of white wine and a little bit of water and reduce it down add a little butter to make a sauce and like if you don't like to cook with wine you could always just do like water vegetable broth squirt a lemon like whatever you know like any any kind of liquid that would taste good Mm -hmm. um reduce it down and um then toss your linguine in it and top with um uh parsley and parmesan yeah so, yes. s- simple as that. Good job, Secret Agent Loverman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that, that's the great thing about, like, most Italian pasta dishes. Like, they're so dead simple and yet so, like, delicious and wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and serve a bunch. So, yeah. yeah, linguine with clam sauce. Nice. That sounds really good. Yeah. So, how about so, you? Yeah, so you're food was from the end of the book. Mine's kind of from the beginning of the book. Um, the cheese and avocado sandwiches, which we we mentioned. Um, yeah, so this was, it was the interesting um, concept to say, you know, yeah, like what kind of cheese would be good with avocados? Because avocados are pretty tame. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, like you said, they can kind of be made into anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I decided to go with a cheese that has kick, like a pretty strong kind of cheese. Um, I like the grocery store. There's like the case, you know, the refrigerated case of fancy cheeses. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, which one? Like, oh, I want to try them all. And yeah. so, so, and they're kind of expensive. So anyway, but I, I was like, hmm, I'm going to try this, the Pecorino. But it's kind of like a Parmesan 
almost, or like yeah, Asiago. Yeah. It's like kind a of cheese family. Yeah. yeah, but very strong. Like, yeah, it's a really strong flavor. Um, but I, I also got some feta because I like feta. And so this, so the sandwich I made, um, it has two, it has pecorino and feta. Um, but yeah, you can totally, like if you have a favorite, you know, kick cheese, like <laughs> use it. Um, but yeah, it's so simple. It's, you know, in the book it says it's wheat bread. Um, so I, I got the, I like those sandwich thins and they're, they're round. I mean, it's kind of like a burger bun, but like super thin. I guess that's why. What they yeah, kind of my si- for. my sister gets those. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I got the the whole wheat version. Um. And then I just brushed it with olive oil and then um, toasted or grilled the grilled the bread slices um, so that they were nice, a little crispy. Uh, and then just thinly sliced some of the pecorino and put that on. And then sliced the avocados, and then crumbled some feta, just a little bit of feta on top, and then drizzled honey on it. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I did actually put, like, a teeny sprinkling of um, some cayenne pepper, but, it, like, nice. I couldn't really taste it, but, so I think <laughs> next time I might put a little bit more. That was just kind of like an experiment. <laughs> so, no, that um, sounds good. Yeah, because, yeah. like, like, avocado is so cool, you know, it can take a... Kick, you know, yeah, like all the contrasting flavors because you got like the salty cheese, the creamy avocado, the sweet Mm -hmm. honey. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Yeah, so I so I really enjoyed that. Um, Yeah, it is kind of like a kick in your mouth with all those kick in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and I was thinking like so I did it with slices, but I think another good way to do it would be you can just like mash up your avocados because that way it's not like sliding around if you decide to do. Um, two pieces of bread instead of open face or whatever, like, here, Because <laughs> sometimes it can kind of, like, slide around or whatever because you have yeah. avocado slices or whatever. So, anyway, yeah, so you could totally just mix up the, um, the, like, feta with some avocado. Um, so that was really simple, uh, but I had never had it before, and so I, so I liked, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I think a really good compliment for that because of the potency of the cheese, <laughs> the pecorino, um, grapefruit juice. So I made a drink to go along with it and, and I, I feel like the grapefruit juice kind of, um, canceled out the aftertaste of the pecorino. So like okay, it was a yeah. really good combination. Um, so, so this, this is my Wheatsy Bat juice, <laughs> my Wheatsy <laughs> Bat drink. Juice. It's not alcoholic, but you could totally, like, splash in some... <laughs> some alcohol, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's coconut water and Sprite, uh, but it's just, but it's only, um, so like a cup of coconut water and then a half, half cup of Sprite, because otherwise it's like, I didn't want it to be, I wanted it to be a subtle drink. But yeah, I and pink, so that's <laughs> ruby red, pink. ruby red grapefruit juice. Um, but yeah, and then a little bit of sparkle, which is the sprite. Um, and then I, I put in a little bit of vanilla simple syrup. Oh, nice! So that yeah, that adds kind of a cr- little bit of creamy, yeah, from the vanilla, but then a little bit of sweet. 
and then rose water. Just a just a little tiny bit of rose oh, water. Oh, my favorite! Yeah. You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, because there's rose bushes in at um, Grandma Fifi's house, woman, well, I which is the house that they acquired, mm-hmm. and the rose bedroom. Anyway, but just so, just like the pink and the ro- like, we wanted to thought like thought like thought like a like a floral bit of floral fragrance. Yeah, would be good, no, that so. sounds like like both adorable and refreshing. Yeah, so I'm like drinking a little bit of it right now, actually. So, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's Wa- waft some of it into the mic, and let's see if we can. <sighs> I'll just like breathe into the. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. This sounds really. So good. that was fun to make. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if you would call that like mocktail or what. It's just a drink, guys. No, a mocktail. Yeah, <laughs> and you could put like a little strawberry on the rim of the glass, I guess. Like <laughs> it's just some little. Decoration. Oh yeah, you can garnish with the yeah. strawberry. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, do like a sugar rimmed glass and yeah. then like a strawberry. What slice I what I was it. thinking yeah. actually, if I had it, um, I would totally sprinkle in some of the pearlescent dust, edible dust. Ooh. Like, you know, you can use those for, um, like, brushing on fondant if you're doing cakes or, like, yeah, cupcakes like cakes and, and stuff. stuff. Yeah, but you, but you can also totally put them in drinks. So, like, to kind of sp- sprinkle some of it, because then it would make it, like, kind of pearly and glittery, kind of. But it's totally yeah. edible. So. <laughs> but I was, like, when I think of Wheatsie Bat, I, like, I think about, like, cupcakes. Like, creamy, creamy pinks and like off Sundays and <laughs> yeah and like sparkles and stuff so like if anybody's having a Weetzie party or something like mini cupcakes I think there are champagne cupcake recipes too but like and then like light pink frosting and then the and then the edible sparkles stuff what <laughs> that yeah. sounds that's kind of what just like the image that comes to mind when I (laughs) yeah and then like empty beer cans around like if we're doing photography (laughs) taking a picture of this beautiful little cupcake and then like puts (laughs) yeah the juxtaposition of like (laughs) yeah yeah you need a little edge to this like you know frothy (laughs) cupcake world yeah we can wrap it up um we'll put uh links to anything we talked about including links to all these um amazing la restaurants um on our website at fictionkitchenpodcast.com and you can follow us on um on twitter at fkpod and we're also on instagram tumblr and facebook so you can find us all over the place yeah and we're Fiction Kitchen Podcast on those. And you can email us also at fictionkitchenpodcast at gmail.com. And, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.